1: The Bears 2022 season is over. They'll have the first overall pick in the upcoming NFL
2: draft. We're discussing the crucial offseason ahead for Ryan Poles and the Bears on Sports Radio 670 The Score. Chicago's home for Bears fans. WSCR and HD Chicago. WBMX
3: HD2 Chicago. Always live on the free Odyssey app.
0: The Score! score!
3: And now it's time for the scores Bears post post game show starring score football expert and former NFL player Anthony Heron on sports radio 670 The score Chicago's home for Bears fans always live on the free Odyssey app.
4: Well, the offseason is here at least in Chicago as it relates to the football team, but Positive thing is, it is an offseason that has been anticipated with glee for several weeks now as we had the sense, frankly back in the preseason, but had the sense this season was not going to end in a postseason berth, had the sense that this season was not going to end with championship aspirations, but what could this season potentially mean? And one of the bright spots, one of the silver linings in what was sure to be a disappointing season for the Chicago Bears from a win-loss perspective was if the Bears could vault up the draft boards, if the Bears could find themselves in the top five, perhaps if the Bears could end up with the number one overall pick in this coming NFL draft, and somehow, some way, the Chicago Bears are there. They have done it. They're in the top spot. The Bears have the number one pick in the draft. They're going to the Bourbon Bowl. I, I don't know. It's, uh, it, it's, it's an odd spot to be in, I think, because this this regular season did not go well aside from where a lot of us are, are at at this point. Not everyone, but a lot of us are at the point where we're confident the Bears have a quarterback. They, they can, they should, they likely will attempt to build around for seasons to come. Doesn't mean that the discussion is over on Justin Fields or that the development is complete. But um, you know, through my lens and I believe in the minds of, of many people evaluating what we saw from the Bears quarterback this season, we saw more than enough, and I, I would imagine we will hear that tomorrow from Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus that they certainly saw enough to to anticipate Justin Fields being their quarterback going into next season. So that certainly a positive development from from how this season played out. Beyond that, though, how high could they end up rising in the NFL draft order? And I, I didn't anticipate this being a season that the Bears would end up with the number one overall pick. But here they are: three one two six four four sixty seven sixty seven three one two six four four six seven six seven. I am Anthony Herron. This is the Chicago Bears post post show on Chicago Sports Radio six seventy The Score. It's the last time in this capacity that I'll be talking to you. This will be the final post-post show of the season because this season is over as the Bears lose yet another game. And they did so without, as I'm sure you all know, without Justin Fields starting at quarterback, without Justin Fields playing quarterback. So they finished the regular season at 3-14. and 14. And thanks to the last man who led the Bears on a, an era of, of – of competence, an era of multiple playoff berths, an era that included a berth in the Super Bowl, thanks to Lovey Smith and the Houston Texans going out with a dub, making it happen in very, very dramatic fashion over the Indianapolis Colts. Texans will have the number two pick. The Bears will have the number one pick in this coming draft. So what does it mean? It means they got options. They got options, and that's that's as much as you can hope for in the midst of this teardown that we've witnessed throughout the season, where now the job for Ryan Poles will truly commence. He, he had the the initial stretch of, of unloading talent, frankly, but also creating cap space that will now be available to him, to his staff this coming off season. So with the Bears losing to the Minnesota Vikings 29-13 to 13 in their home finale, in their regular season finale, at Soldier Field. Now we know they're going to have the number one overall pick. I'm hard-pressed to believe that that was not a factor in why Justin Fields didn't play in this game. And like I said to, to Dan and Lawrence, and we'll discuss it again tomorrow, I'm sure, on a Horizon Therapeutic Bears Monday when I'm on with Bernstein and Holmes again tomorrow. When I was on with them last Monday, we were talking about the potential for Justin Fields not playing in the game. As I told them back then, I certainly wasn't going to lose any sleep over over Justin Fields not playing but what would be a plausible reason what would be the potential benefit of playing Justin Fields the additional reps that would be there you know to to not miss additional opportunities to continue improving at the craft to not have that last performance in Detroit be the way that his season ended because it was the first game that game in Detroit was the first game since the Washington Commanders game before the bye where where Justin Fields looked out of sorts, where Justin Fields looked tentative, looked hesitant, didn't look to be in command of of what he was seeing and what he was attempting to execute out there. But with those games as the bookends, the Washington Commanders game and that last Detroit Lions game, there was a lot of exceptional football and consistently efficient and decisive football from Justin Fields, not only as a runner, and I feel like there's a lot of folks who, who are viewing, you know, the the play of Justin Fields, the success of Justin Fields, as though all the the running highlights that were made were were the main part of his evaluation, were the only area of his success. And it's just, it's not even close to true. It's not even close to accurate. And even as the questions would come to me pretty consistently throughout that stretch where folks would wonder, well, what's the, What's the next step for Justin Fields? What's the next phase for Justin Fields? The, the answer I, I continue to give was just to continue to stack positive performances. Just continue to stack efficient performances. Continue to stack productivity. It, it didn't mean that it needed to include a 300-yard passing game. It didn't need to include you know a, a game with 40-plus with pass attempts just so he gets you know, that many more reps throwing the ball in game. That Detroit game was the first one since the Washington Commanders game where where he didn't have a a positive performance. He didn't, you know, not, not just impactful plays. He certainly made some impactful running plays before he injured his hip. But purely as a passer from the New England game where they were at the Patriots on Monday Night Football through that Buffalo game in awful weather conditions week in, week out, beyond the yardage, look at the efficiency he threw the football with. Look at the touchdown interception ratio. Look at the completion percentage. The yardage is only a part of that evaluation. And, and to me, it a you know certainly a less important part of the evaluation of how the Bears move the football as an offense, put touchdowns on the board in a lot of those games. And he is at this point still in the infancy of his development as a quarterback. So, in my opinion, the Bears certainly shouldn't be considering drafting a quarterback in the first round. Now, you want to tell me the Bears are going to draft a quarterback in the, the fifth or sixth round to have another developmental guy in there, some other mobile-type quarterback who's of a similar skill set to Justin Fields or something like that. That That's a discussion to have, just just you know, in the vein of, of continuing to have quarterbacks you're developing in the system and certainly to get another guy of a similar skill set to Justin Fields where you feel like you're running a similar offense to what you, you prefer to run at this point. But we we'll talk about the first round pick. I certainly, if I were in the seat of Ryan Poles, that wouldn't be on the table to me to draft a quarterback in the first round. But I get the sense that, that some of you don't necessarily agree with that. And that is well within your rights. You ain't got to agree with me. I'm just telling you how I feel. I'm looking forward to hearing how you feel about it at 312 312- Six four four six seven six seven three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. The post post show. Let's go out to the phone lines. Phone lines are lit up here as the Bears regular season ends with a three and fourteen record. Let's go out to who we got here. Is this Terrell who is out on the West side? Hey what's happening? You on the Post Post show?
1: What's going on, big ass? What's up? Oh my goodness. Hey, I miss your introduction when you kick the dude in his chest. Man, <laughs> <it>. <laughs> man, yeah, man. you know you know I'm what? I'm happy. <laughs> we're number one. Oh my goodness. There we go. Boy, I'm glad this season is over. This was really hard to watch. I never I never believed that we were gonna be the worst team in the league. I thought they would like galvanize from the inside and start pulling out games. You know, you see it around the league where teams came together. You know, the Jacksonville Jaguars, the Detroit uh, Lions. And there's it, it, it a few of them that did that. You didn't think they were going to – the, the, the uh, Washington Commanders. You know, it's, it's like you, you thought they were going to pull it together, man. It's like – and everybody's talking about next year in the draft. Free agency comes first. You know, everybody's talking about Will Anderson or or Jalen Carter agency comes first, because I would like to see, just in my opinion, I would like to see this man trade back two or three times in the first round and, and how he went from five picks to 11, do that with the first hundred, in the first hundred, you know, top players of the NFL draft, and maybe you got a chance to see them improve next year, because I definitely don't want to go through this again <laughs> and maybe we get like four more wins or something like that. How do you think, you know, Free agency because you're free to dream now. How do you think free agency goes along hand in hand with the draft?
4: Now, that's a, that's a great question, Terrell. Because the you know the timeline of it, like you referenced, you're going to have an opportunity at free agency before you get to late April and the NFL draft. And so I, I do believe that when you, when you're evaluating all the various positions that that the Bears would need help at, I'd say the secondary, you know, beyond quarterback, the the positions that have multiple players on the field. So for me. As far as the first round, quarterbacks off the table. Now, again, you want to talk beyond that, or you want to talk whatever other veteran backups you may add, then I think you get into the discussion of, I think, trying to have backup QBs who have a level of mobility. Now, not necessarily someone you're hoping can handle 15 carries a game or or who's going to be quite as as explosive in the open field as Justin Fields because there's just not a whole lot of those guys walking to earth, but. You know, someone else who, who with, with a pocket-movement-based offense and the occasional QB run, because Justin Fields' volume of carries will likely diminish by next season as well. But I think you know, as far as a backup quarterback, someone else who brings additional mobility to the table. But beyond the quarterback position, to me, secondary is the main other spot where you should feel pretty good about where you're at as a Bears fan for a lot of the young talent that's able to be developed there and a lot of these other guys who weren't even anticipated being on the field very much, like like Jalen Jones and like Josh Blackwell on the back end, who, who really were able to step in and make plays. DeAndre Houston Carson, what he brings to the table as a special teamer and a fill-in safety. There's a lot that the Bears have access to in the defensive backfield that you should feel confident about. Other than that, linebacker, need a bunch of those. D lineman, probably need all of those. Running back, we'll see what happens with David Montgomery, but even David Montgomery on this ball club, I do believe you want, you want more big play threats at running back available to you. So I'd say running back is certainly in that conversation as well. No doubt wide receiver, no doubt offensive line, how many of those on the offensive line is, is worthy of conversation. So, you know, you need it everywhere. So you need this combination, to Terrell's point, of both free agents acquisitions and also the NFL draft. And um, I think part of how Ryan Poles perceives this upcoming draft class of wide receivers likely factors into the level of regression we saw with that second-round pick in Chase Claypool. There, of course, is another year remaining of contract control for Chase Claypool, so he certainly didn't do anything after he got here to Chicago to earn an extension at this point. So he'll go into next season finishing out his rookie deal and see if in offseason, learning Luke Getze's offense in more detail, working with Justin Fields, and, and just preparing to be great, And being with Chicago throughout the entire year next year, then do you get a version of Chase Claypool that makes it feel like, yeah, you know what? We got something out of, out of trading that number two pick for Chase Claypool because at the moment doesn't necessarily feel like that's something that the Bears have come out on the top end of. Three one two Let's get another caller in here. Let's go out to Dave, who's in, in Wisconsin. What's happening, Dave? How you doing? I'm doing great.
3: Um, sorry, you know, we lost twice to the Vikings, twice to the Packers, twice to the lions. Do you see a different bears team next year that we're going to figure out
4: how to beat these teams? All right. Valid question, Dave, because you you don't like going over in the division, you know, a three win season period just doesn't, doesn't feel great. But when you look at the division, there was a point in this season. I'm sure you all remember. There was a point in this season where it kind of felt like, Hey, this division is going to be wide open. Like Aaron Rodgers is struggling in Green Bay, and he's always at odds with the organization. Yeah, the Minnesota Vikings are winning some games, but Kirk Cousins is their quarterback. How sustainable is that? And they're winning these fluky games anyway. The Vikings aren't truly great, they got a first-year coach. We don't know what's going to happen there. And of course, the Detroit Lions are the Detroit Lions. You know, they're going to you know spit up all over themselves at some point. They're not going to have any idea what's really going on with truly building a winner and Jared Goff is their quarterback who truly believes in Jared Goff. I was like halfway through the season when, and that was a completely accurate way to look at the division at that point, in my opinion, then what happened? Detroit lions kept scoring points and Jared Goff played consistent football and Dan Campbell out there biting kneecaps left and right. And lo and behold lions are right there at 500, eight and eight ready to close out the regular season facing the green Bay Packers, seeing if they can have a, a postseason birthday on the cusp of something in green Bay comes back from the depths and finds their way into this picture as well. So if the Packers win, they're going to be in. And the Minnesota Vikings, they continue to, to at least win consistently. You know, their point differential isn't great. They're, they're a minus three in point differential. They've actually given up more points than they've scored, but they're 13-4 and four somehow. So the division doesn't feel nearly as wide open for the seasons to come as we perceived it being about a month and a half or so ago. So – do I anticipate the Bears being more competitive within the division next year to the call of Dave's question? Yes. Yes, I do. But not going to be an easy path. Not going to be an easy road. And, and the development of Justin Fields will be a huge key in that. And, and the development of Justin Fields, of other playmakers, on both sides of the ball, not just at wide receiver, not just better play on the offensive line. This defense, uh, you know, we'll have a lot of time over the next three months to talk about the Bears' plans, the Bears' needs going into the draft. The defense has, and I believe will, to, to get addressed at a really high level here because across the board, I mean, guys who even just develop mentally, that you feel like they have traits that you can maybe try to develop into, into consistently disruptive players, didn't see that from Dominique Robinson in the, in the way that I hope for throughout the season. Didn't see that consistently from Travis Gibson in the way that one might have hoped. Even you know, Justin Jones, good football player, put a nice career together, but wasn't consistently disruptive. Armand Watts, when they brought him in, like, hey, all right, there's a guy, one gap penetrator, who can maybe make a few things happen. Just wasn't a D-line that played at a high level. And, and you wonder how many of those guys will end up being replaced across the board. That they, they need a lot of help there up front. And and it, it will make everyone else's lives that much easier. It's a part of why. What we saw from the Bears' secondary this season was so impressive to me because the Bears never mounted a consistent pass rush. And you can have bad DBs that look really good when you get after the opposing quarterback. The way the Bears' DBs looked for stretches of this season with such a limited pass rush output, such limited productivity up front, it's definitely something that they have to and I believe will end up addressing. Let me sneak one more caller in here before I take my first time out. We got uh, Jimmy. Yeah, Jimmy's out in Oak Park. Jimmy, what's happening? Hi, uh, I just, uh,
5: uh, I'm driving back from Indianapolis right now from the uh, Colts-Texans game, and I just want to say it's one of the craziest games ever mm-hmm. to see the uh, two of the worst teams in the league just so the Bears get the first overall pick. Um, I also wanted to say that um, we need to focus more on the defense right now rather than, I mean, the Bears were in the middle of, the league for points uh, points scored per game, and after the after the Washington game, Justin Fields flipped the switch, putting up 29 points uh, against Dallas, 30 points against Miami, and I think I mean you no know, matter Justin Fields has shown that he can put up points, so we need to use the cap space right now uh, to to you know make a defense to give Fields the ball more. But if if this, this opportunity with the first overall pick, is it the right time to trade Justin Fields uh, and, you know, go with Stroud or Young and surround, uh, you know, because Iberflus and uh, Poles, they didn't draft Fields. It, it's not their quarterback.
4: So is that, the, is that the right way to go? All right, Jimmy. So to the the basic question he's asking, even though, you know, he saw productivity from Justin Fields, but since he wasn't drafted by Poles or Iberflus, he's not quote-unquote their guy, then – does that mean they should or will move on from him? I don't believe so. I, they both strike me as, as what I would consider pragmatic individuals and guys who, who are able to evaluate what's currently on the roster, what they feel like the future of the roster needs. In my opinion, even if Ryan Poles doesn't think Justin Fields can be developed into a great quarterback, I don't believe he's going to move on even if that's his opinion. I'll take a time out and I'll explain why because I think the the big picture of this, the macro of where the Bears are at as a franchise is is critical for everyone to sort of recognize while we're having this conversation about the number 1 pick. First time in what 7 decades I think that the Bears have had the number 1 pick in the draft and certainly we'll get to more and more of your calls here at 312 312- six forty four sixty seven sixty seven three one two six four four six seven six seven it's the post post show i am anthony here and taking you up to sunday night football coverage here on the score between the aforementioned green bay packers and detroit lions that is all coming up and of course tomorrow a horizon therapeutic bears monday right here on chicago sports radio 670 the score
6: this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news
0: So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You
6: know, what's your confidence level between draft assets, number one pick, all the salary cap space? What's your confidence level in Ryan Pulse to give you a roster that
2: Oh, high confidence. No question. No question. You know, the first thing of a personnel man is the ability to pick players, and he can do that. You know, the place where he came from, he's shown that this year. Already, and uh, you know we look we look at the guys the same way. You know we like we like long, lean, fast, physical players, and that's certainly we've both been a part of that in our past, and we're excited about getting that going.
4: Bears coach Matt Abweflus describing his relationship with and confidence in Bears general manager Ryan Poles. They've gotten through the regular season after getting through that initial draft cycle that they had together last year after they were first on the job, and it's different. I would imagine this is going to come up tomorrow when they both address the media, and you'll hear both of them as they address the media, and certainly throughout a Horizon Therapeutic Bears Monday, you will hear them tomorrow here on six seventy to score. But talking about his confidence in Ryan Poles and the way that the the construct of the roster. Will be enhanced, will be improved going in through into and through this offseason. And a, a big part of that will relate to do they see the quarterback similarly? Now it's great if they do. But even if they don't, and this is what I was alluding to before I went to the first break here on the Bears Post post show on Chicago Sports Radio 670 the score. I'm Anthony Harram, I got Tyler Beautaball on the other side of the glass, holding it down for me. Even if, let's say there's a scenario where one of them is all in on Justin Fields. You know, maybe it's if Ryan Poles is all in on Justin Fields and Matt Eberflus hadn't been that impressed, or vice versa. Let's say there is not a a congruence. a, a You know, if they're not evenly yoked in both just feeling like, yeah, we got the man at QB, which I don't believe is the case. I think they... I think they're they're both at least in, you know, all in, you know, whatever it's a subjective thing, but I I believe they both want to continue to watch Justin Fields develop as Bears quarterback, but since this question is just out there, I, I at least I, I want to take a little time to to address it and I'd love to get your thoughts as well continuing to hear 312-644-6767 312-644-6767. I see you callers on hold we will get back to to you in a moment, but as far as how I see it, even if the main decision makers, the stakeholders at the top end of the Bears brass, if they're not convinced that Justin Fields is a franchise QB or their franchise QB for years and years to come, the fact that the Bears' current roster needs so much help, it would be foolhardy for them to draft a quarterback in the first round anyway. like Even if they don't think Justin Fields is the guy, they can at least still watch him develop for a little while while expending all the, at least beginning to expend resources on on getting more help, more playmakers, more talent in a wide variety of other positions that are necessary on this Bears roster. You need pass rushers. You need tackling machines at the second level of your defense. You need pass protectors, and road graders up front on the offensive line. You need pass catchers at wide receiver. You certainly could use more depth at tight end as well. And, oh, by the way, having more explosive running backs. There, there's not a position that you couldn't look at the Bears and say, man, we, we could stand to upgrade there. Like I said previously, maybe the secondary is probably the main spot where you say, you know what, I think we're really strong right there. Beyond quarterback, but again, positions where you got multiple people on the field. I think DB is where you know Ryan Poles, Matty Beauflus is in a position to just lay their head at night and say, "Yeah, we're we're really good in that secondary." Aside from that, man, the Bears Justin Fields that they need they need a lot of work and a lot of help everywhere. So why would it make any sense for the Bears, even if they're not in on Justin Fields yet? But in year two of this regime, with a first round quarterback who's immensely talented and has made a bunch of plays. Why go out and get another quarterback right now when you still need all that other help virtually everywhere else? It wouldn't make any sense, regardless of how they see Justin Fields. And again, my evaluation of Justin Fields, and I'd be surprised if it's not their evaluation of Justin Fields that he is worthy of building around. But even if for some reason they don't believe so, what good does it do to draft some other quarterback now? Unless you just, unless you feel like you, one of these guys this year is just the the true can't miss all time great level surefire Hall of Fame type prospect that just puts Justin Fields to shame. Then I guess maybe do some due diligence and and think about it. But it just it it doesn't it doesn't make sense because the rest of your roster still needs so much help and so much support and so many more playmakers. What's the point? in drafting a first-round quarterback right now. When you got a current first-round QB with at least two years of contract control remaining, if you want to pick up his his fifth-year option, you can have at least three more years of Justin Fields on a rookie deal while he has the opportunity to develop. And by comparison to what the Dolphins were seeing from Tua Tagovailoa through his first couple of years of his career or what the Philadelphia Eagles were seeing from Jalen Hurts through the first couple of years of his career or the Buffalo Bills were seeing from Josh Allen in the first couple of years of his career, Justin Fields is already beyond their level of productivity with less around him. Remember, as I talked to you guys about it here last week, coming out of that Detroit Lions game, when, again, Justin Fields didn't play well but compare the Detroit Lions roster to this current Bears roster. And the Detroit Lions are not one of the elite rosters in football. And it is obvious and apparent their roster puts the Bears roster to shame with young pass rushers coming off opposing edges, with, with multiple running backs who strike fear into the heart of defenses anytime they touch the rock, with a slew of wide receivers who can make plays and make difficult grabs and put the ball in the end zone at a moment's notice, an offensive line with all kinds of high-end draft picks that are there across the board that are cohesive and playing together at a high level, the Detroit Lions roster is far better. Now, you know, the Bears have a lot of injuries, and maybe they'd look different with, versus the Lions roster if everybody was healthy or whatever. The Detroit Lions definitively have a better roster than the Chicago Bears right now, and the Detroit Lions are not one of the elite rosters in football. And Justin Field still looks better through two seasons than those other guys that I listed. Does it mean he'll become an MVP candidate or or whatever? Maybe he won't. My prediction is that he will. I believe that's what he will develop into. But that's just my opinion. But for, for the future, for my projection for the future, but beyond the projection, what we've seen through two seasons here is certainly at least worthy of the Bears saying, Let's enhance the roster while this immensely gifted quarterback, this very talented signal caller who puts all the records at work in that we would hope someone to put in, let's develop the rest of the roster. And then if over the next two years, at least two years that you can control Justin Fields' contract, make the rest of the roster better. And then if it's not working at QB by then, then you get a QB and it's a ready-made roster. That just makes sense. To me, again, it makes sense for them to be all in on Justin Fields anyway. Not all in, like, give him the the big long-term 10-figure contract, but all in, like, let's build around that guy. But even if they don't think Justin Fields has proven he's worthy of building around, build the rest of the roster and then get it ready for whoever you want the next quarterback to be. But drafting a first-round quarterback right now, to me, makes very, very little sense. I know some of you out there very likely disagree So 312-644-6767. Let me get back out to the phone lines here. I see Ray is out on the line right now. Ray, what's happening? Hey, Anthony, good to talk to you. Um, I echo what you say about Justin Fields. No reason to move on from that rookie contract. Let's
5: keep the train moving here. But my question is about that roster that you want to upgrade. So just as an example, Dominique Robinson or just other defensive linemen who are starting this year, is it better – to replace them flat out, or do they serve a purpose on the team as experienced starters now who can be a backup? Is that okay mentally for a player to do that? I feel like you would have some insight on that, on how a player's mentality or how a player's effectiveness be as a backup or a special teams person who was a starter. Do they just flat out need to get replaced, or is it better for them to be on the roster and give them depth that be better than the backup they had or behind them?
4: I like that question, Right, Dominique Robinson has not earned any expectation to continue starting on this team. Travis Gibson has not earned any expectation to continue starting on this team. Even a guy who is extremely productive, like Jack Sanborn. There's no reason Jack Sanborn, as he's rehabbing right now, should go into the offseason just assuming that because he made a lot of tackles and he was productive and played beyond the expectations that folks outside of Hallis Hall had for him, Jack Sanborn shouldn't be going into this offseason just presuming that he's the starter going into next year a guy who who played a bunch of special teams, a guy who started a lot of games, if you were not a part of a winning formula, there is no reason for any of these individuals just to assume going into the offseason that they have a starting job. Even look at Chase Claypool. I don't even think Chase Claypool was one of the first receivers on the field today. I think like the second snap they ended up putting him in. This a dude who started a bunch of games in Pittsburgh, made more plays than virtually anyone else lining up out there on the Bears' offense in a young career right now, who they traded a second-round pick for. He played four snaps in that game last week against Detroit. And, you know, I I could certainly be wrong. I'll look and confirm. But as I looked at the first snap of offense for the Bears today, he was not a part of the personnel group that they put out there. So Chase Claypool, even though he knows expectations are high outside, I'm sure he has high expectations for himself. But even a guy like Chase Claypool can't go into this offseason just assuming that anything as far as being a starter being a you know big-time part of the Bears' offense next season, being the number one receiver, he definitely has those expectations for himself and feels he can achieve at that level, as a lot of folks do. And he should feel like that. But there's not a player on this roster, apparently not even the quarterback, who should feel like there's anything guaranteed to them going into the offseason. I'll be very curious on a Horizon Therapeutic Bears Monday tomorrow that you'll hear here on The Score, what you hear from Ryan Poles, from Matt Ibraflu's about specifically the quarterback, but but other folks beyond that as well. I, my my thought, you know what, I, I'll hold that. I'll hold that for the other side of the timeout before Tyler comes in here and gets on my head. Let me, let me go ahead, get to a break, come back, get more of your calls in. But what do I expect to hear from Ryan Poles, from Matty Bifluz, and also keep this discussion going for the number one overall pick? I see a lot of you guys on the phone line right now want to discuss the fact that the Bears – for the first time since, what, what year was that I saw a moment ago? For the first time since, I saw the year and then it went away. For the first time in 70 something years is what it is. For the first time, yes, let's see, 47. First time since 1947, the Bears have the number one overall pick in the NFL draft. What do you want them to do with it? 312 6767. This is the Post Post Show on the score.
3: We're back with more of The Score's Bears post-post game show with Anthony Heron on Sports Radio 670, The Score. Chicago's home for Bears fans. Always live on the free Odyssey app.
4: Fun time we're in the midst of right now because oddly enough, as the regular season with the most losses in franchise history comes to a close, we enter an extremely hopeful time for the Chicago Bears. Now, this offseason will be all the grace that can be granted to this current regime. I talked about it after the 2018 season, after their very first year where Matt Nagy was paired up with Ryan Pace. Ryan Pace was several years into this thing as the Bears' GM, but once they moved on from John Fox the Mozilla, as I called it, the Firefox, once they moved on from him, Ryan Pace was sort of fully empowered as the Bears' GM goes out, hires Matt Nagy, and then you have the 2018 season where it feels like, I had a division title, and you beat the Packers, and you acquire Khalil Mack, and you're in this window, and maybe something's going to be able to be grown with Mitchell Trubisky. And then, of course, it fell flat, and he made another playoff appearance, but with all the resources that were extended, especially on the defensive side of the football, just never developed in anything a you know resembling a consistent winning formula. Certainly nothing that looked like that was going to be sustainable. So after that 2018 season, came here on the station and told you that was the end of innocence. The 2019 season was going to be when expectations ramped up for the quarterback. When a close playoff loss was not going to be seen as the beginning of something, but it was going to be seen as a big disappointment. So for now, and Matty Berlus was asked about this today, and I understand why. You know, you don't want to necessarily get into the habit of setting the precedent that you're you're going to base your own expectations off of outside influences or outside expectations doesn't necessarily benefit anyone inside your wall. So Matt Blues didn't necessarily go there when asked about it to death. I think it was Patrick Finley uh, who asked about that towards the end, but a very valid question because the expectations from outside the walls of Hallis Hall will be very different for the team next season. Probably to some extent may even be unrealistic for all this work that the bears have to put into this roster. You know, will folks be thinking Super Bowl or bust? I suppose that'll maybe depend on on how exactly this offseason goes. How how many known commodities, how many name players do they end up bringing in, you know, to try and enhance this roster, make folks feel really good about it. Let, let's hear how exactly Matt Eberfuss responded when asked about expectations for next year.
0: Matt, I know you said over the year the, the standard is the standard. Yep. But are you prepared for expectations to be different in year two? for how many wins you guys have, how much success
2: you have on the field than they were in – Yeah, that that to me is outside. That's outside the locker room. So I can't, we can't control those things. And, again, we're focused on our standard, of how we operate in practice, in the meetings, and in the game.
4: Appreciate that, Tyler. That was Bears coach Matty Bifluis responding to the aforementioned Pat Finley. And I think that, on the whole, he shouldn't be paying close attention to to what other folks think about his team, how other people – like myself or others who, you know, may, like myself, obviously know what the hell I'm talking about, but not everyone does. And even with me, he doesn't necessarily need to pay attention to what I'm saying about his team, what I feel about Justin Fields as a quarterback or anyone else. And certainly, even if he is paying attention to it, because a lot of them pay much closer attention than they care to admit publicly. But it's not something you want to be in the habit of admitting publicly that you are – that you are in tune with, that you are vibing with, that you are paying attention to, that you are being affected by outside influences, outside expectations beyond those that you set inside your locker room. 312-644-6767. Let's go back out to the phone line here. I see see Jake is on the line right now. What's happening, Jake? Hey, man, how you
2: doing? I love your show, Anthony. Appreciate you. Yeah, man, for sure. Uh, I was just going to say right now, Ryan Poles is sitting there with a golden ticket, you know. I saw him get a lot of hate this offseason. Uh, I'm not just saying this, but I kind of saw the writing on the wall when he was building the roster. I'm like, you know what? He's tanking for this, like this season, this current season. I was like, not tanking to the point where I thought we'd get the number one pick, but I figured he was like, let's get a high draft, pick, and I'm going to do whatever it takes to get us a boatload of money in free agency, and he's done that. And uh, once Quinn and uh, Rose got traded, I was like, oh, yeah, that's what's going on. But anyway he's sitting there with a golden ticket. And I truly believe that uh, we're not as far off as people think we are in terms of like being able to compete. And I'll tell you why, because what we have to fix is the offensive line and defensive line and with the money we got for agency. I truly believe we're going to chip away at that pretty good. If we can get even get fields an average pass blocking offensive line, that's going to open up so much more for these wide receivers. And then, uh, Say we take like Anderson in the uh, draft, you know, and get that defensive line going where well, we have pressure. Our secondary is so good; it's gonna, you know, how much better they're gonna look with the pass rush. <laughs> so I, I just kind of feel we're a lot closer than a lot of people think, and uh, that's all I had to say. And thanks for taking my call, man.
4: I appreciate you, Megan and Jake three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. I certainly feel like a lot of what he said makes sense there. Um, for for Ryan Poles, you know, this. This has only been. This is the beginning stretch of the evaluation of him as the Bears general manager. I understand that in a ten-game losing skid, the, the there's a lot of Bears fans who feel like that that they're out on him already. I heard some of that when I was listening to the, the post-game show early with Mully and Patrick Manley. That's, um, it's a bit early, in my opinion. You know, I get, the guy's a year into the job. He's getting ready to take on his second NFL draft. Nothing is guaranteed. And I, that is, that's more than fair. So those who say that the excitement about having the number one overall pick should perhaps be tempered because you don't know for sure that it's going to be used wisely. That's fair. There, there's no doubt about that. We, there are no guarantees that whoever they end up drafting in the first round, whether they take somebody with the number one overall pick or they trade down and accumulate more picks, however they handle it, they might they might have a bunch of guys who who don't play well. They might have a bunch of guys who get hurt. They might have guys who who play well and they still don't win games. So you know, th- there's no guarantees for any of this. But up to this point, in evaluating what just took place during the regular season, outside of the notion that, you know, you were hoping maybe for some deep playoff run with this roster as it sat, which wasn't going to take place even if they didn't get rid of Khalil Mack. And even if they didn't get rid of James Daniels, even if they brought back Akeem Hicks and, and Allen Robinson, if they didn't strip the roster down by comparison to what it was last season, the bears didn't win big with last season's roster. That was much more talented than this season's roster. So, you know, nothing was going to be guaranteed already. So I don't necessarily even factor in. And I've said this a couple of times, You know, I was talking to Zach Zaman about it a little bit last week. I mentioned it to Molly and Patrick Manley this morning. I don't necessarily equate Ryan pole stripping the roster down to not having belief in Justin Fields before the season. Now, frankly, he had never managed Justin Fields before, hadn't even been in a meeting room with him. So there was really no reason for him to be all in on Justin Fields coming into the year anyway. But I think regardless of how deep a belief he had in this quarterback who he barely ever interacted with, let alone actually saw playing games in person while he was managing him as the Bears general manager, the Bears roster just needed an overhaul. The Bears financial situation Needed an overhaul, and they are in a much stronger position moving forward based off of the stripping down of things. And it, it led to a very difficult regular season from a win loss perspective. But if you're only going to win three games, man, what a way to do it with one of the most exciting players in the National Football League having highlights week in and week out. 312 644 67. 67 let me see if i can sneak a couple of calls in before we get towards the end of my first hour with you here let's go out to who we got we got pete and skokie pete what's happening how you doing anthony i'm doing great man uh
3: so i had a couple of thoughts and i i want to start this by saying i i do like justin Fields, but when you're relying on a, a franchise quarterback and you look at what the baltimore ravens are going through with lamar jackson getting injured, and I know everybody can get injured in any, any position, in NFL football. Would it make sense for the Bears to trade the number one pick back for a top 10 pick for somebody else to trade up and ask for a number one next year for that pick as well and trade Justin Field for a number one pick, regardless of where he is in the draft, where it is in the draft, and a number two to go with him? And build that as your foundation. And I, I don't have a quarterback's name on my mind. I'm just saying, Polls has nothing related to Justin Fields.
4: Well, then Pete, and, uh, and I'm, not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to cut you off, Pete. But I do. Then your your question seems incomplete because you're you're asking me, does it make sense to trade Justin Fields? I, yes. It, it depends on the scenario. Like, does it make sense to trade Justin Fields for Patrick Mahomes? Yes. But obviously, Patrick Mahomes isn't in this draft, so I. I my answer has to be no, unless you give me an option that seems more viable than the Bears' current quarterback. But you just told me you don't have a quarterback in mind, so if, if oh, you no, just—I
3: I was I, what I was saying—is I don't have a college quarterback. I'm saying you draft a college quarterback in the top ten. I don't know who that would be, but it would be if you're. Then my answer really... to your question
4: is no, Pete. I, I do appreciate the call, but my answer to your question is no. That that does not make any sense to to just trade Justin Fields. I suppose somewhat blindly based off of your question just to have some other dude in the first round who, frankly, and I'm sure Pete and maybe others haven't necessarily evaluated the guys at the top of this draft yet. I've been evaluating Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud since they were in high school. I don't view either one of them as being the prospect that Justin Fields is. At the moment, I would say maybe Bryce Young, but there are certainly concerns with Bryce Young as well. You know, talk about who's going to hold up physically. Bryce Young runs around more in college than Justin Fields ever did and he's about half his size and has gotten banged up at Alabama behind one of the best offensive lines in college football. So, no, I mean, you know, I, I, those are the two at the moment. I'm going to have a lot of time over the next three months to, to break down the draft in more detail. But unless you tell me, you, you name a name who I actually think is better than Justin Fields right off the bat, then my answer to Pete's question is no. Let me sneak, sneak one more caller in here real quick. and see if I can see. Who his name is i think that's a tom out in evergreen park is that tom
3: yeah anthony thanks for taking my call Yeah, uh, I, I, I listen to you coming home from work every day i, I really like your show you're you're very measured in, in all your evaluations i like that
4: i try to be and, appreciate uh, it, tom, uh, what's up? Just to,
3: just to follow up on what that other fellow said that was uh, just in my call it, it, you know everybody talks about a trade trade justin fields but for what like you said if you're gonna trade him for for patrick mahomes that's great but unless somebody's gonna give you a you know, three or four picks so you can keep going and you think one of those other guys can be a decent quarterback, there's no point. You know, he, he's got a high ceiling. He, he could end up being a top-tier quarterback with his athleticism, you know. And, and this team has only had one year with him to develop him.
4: No doubt, Tom. And the thing is, you know, I, I'm all for due diligence. I'm all for doing research and doing homework on on every possible scenario out there. But does it make any sense? I, I don't believe in the final evaluation. It's going to make a whole lot of sense for the Bears to think they'll bring in some other quarterback who will put them in a stronger position for 2023 than Justin Fields. And if it's not someone who's putting you in a stronger position for 2023, then what's the point in not bolstering the rest of your roster? If you've got an opportunity to bolster the rest of your roster while you have a quarterback, a first-round pick, an immensely talented first-round pick, with multiple years of contract control remaining, even if you're not sold on him yet, then he's at least earned more of an opportunity here. I'm, I'm gonna hit you with some numbers, and I'm gonna take a time out here for Tyler coming you know, on me. An eight game stretch, and I, I didn't even have these numbers come in. Just, I just looked at them and and averaged them out in the commercial break. Because again, my evaluation, like I started telling you this back on October after the October second game against the New York Giants. The previous game on September 25th against the Houston Texans, the Bears won, and just think about that, you know, they might have already had the guaranteed number one pick if they would have lost that game to the Texans, but Justin Fields, admittedly, he told you after that game he played like trash. I agreed with him. He played like trash against the Texans, but somehow they won that game. The next week against the Giants, and then in the succeeding weeks after that, I saw a quarterback that that became more decisive, that became more accurate, that became more defined in his reads and in his decision-making. And week by week, that progress continued. Now, in statistics, what began playing out began after that Washington Commanders game. So between the New England Patriots game on October 24th and the Buffalo Bills game on December 24th, a two-month span including eight games, over those eight games, Justin Fields averaged 67% completions through 12 touchdowns to five interceptions and a 98 passer rating. I'm not talking about the man's running ability and all the highlight rushing yards that he put up and the rushing touchdowns that he had over that stretch. X all that out. There was an eight-game stretch where he's throwing to Dante Pettis, Equinemius St. Brown, and still Cole Komet is occasionally dropping some passes that they've schemed him open for. And over that eight-game stretch, Justin Fields, 67% completion, 12 touchdown passes to five interceptions and a 98 passer rating. That's just him throwing the football to a crew who is amongst perhaps the, especially when you start factoring in injuries. And even once they acquired Chase Claypool, he missed several games. You've seen the pass catchers available to Justin Fields this season. And he put together an eight game stretch of 67% completions, 12 touchdowns to five interceptions and a 98 passer rating. And all people who are naysaying on Justin Fields want to talk about is that they view him as this running quarterback or a running back playing quarterback and how he needs. Yes, he needs to continue developing. I agree with that. And I would consider myself a Justin Fields guy. Justin Fields agrees with that. And I think Justin Fields considers himself a Justin Fields guy. But that eight-game stretch before the Lions game of 67% completions, 12 touchdowns to five interceptions, and a 98 passer rating, ignoring the otherworldly running ability that he just kind of woke up and decided to start doing and developed almost out of the blue because that was not who he was as a player, as a quarterback, as a playmaker before. And just kind of before our eyes, we saw a guy develop into this electrifying, this dynamic Runner, one of the most combustible talents in the National Football League as a runner. But if we ignore that, there was an eight-game stretch with the playmakers available to Justin Fields where he completed 67% of his passes through 12 touchdown passes to five interceptions with a 98 passer rating. If you didn't see development in Justin Fields as a quarterback, as a passing quarterback, You don't know what you were watching. This is the Pulse Post Show. I'll be right back on the score.
6: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget.